Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is podcast number 74. My name's Neil. I'm joined here with Brent. Hello. Uh, we are deep into the second round of the NHL playoffs. We have one team eliminated already, which is a bit of a surprise. Bit of a shock. Another I'm sweep. i to be honest. A sweep. A sweep of a team that swept. That swept. Yeah. You sweep and then you get swept. Do you know the last team to do that? I don't. The Buffalo Sabres in 1993. Really? Yes. They swept in and then got swept out. Yes. Wow. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. I think that's the year that they took down Boston, I think. I think Boston was a strong team, maybe in 93. And Pittsburgh it's one of the reasons. It's one of the reasons Montreal won, I think, that year is because yeah. one of the, the lower seed teams <laughs> took out. <laughs> Other teams did all the dirty work. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was, it, it's, it's pretty interesting. We have not filmed the uh, series recap video for that yet. I have the thumbnail made already, um, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it because you've, you've been away this entire week. Uh, down in the United States. We're, we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast and mm. get a little off topic. But uh, we were also going to film a mail time today, but uh, you're feeling a little bit under the weather. I'm, I'm under the weather. The day I left for for down there, I felt a scratch in my throat. And uh, yeah, it's just gotten worse ever since. The rest was history. I've got yeah. a full-blown... So you're not going to do much talking in this podcast. Not much at all. I'm going to sip some orange juice and just be along for the ride. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm not going to do much talking either because there's not really that much to talk about. There's only, we're down to basically two games a night and sometimes, well, like last night there was only one game. Every time we say we don't have much, we, we always end up like over an hour. Uh, so. no, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I don't, have, I don't have many notes. So yeah. unless you want to talk about your trip for 40 minutes. I could, but I don't think the viewers would. Uh, probably not. No. <laughs> um, anyways, let's just. Let's talk about each series, if, if you don't mind. Sure. So, uh, Dallas and St. Louis, that... And here's the other thing. Since you've been away, you haven't really gotten to see any of the games, so you're pretty disconnected from round two right now. I haven't, and this is part of my trip rant later on. Yeah. Uh, the, the hotel we were at doesn't have NBCSN, so we were... Even if you wanted to pooch. watch the games, you couldn't. I couldn't, and we tried. We tried to find them. Could not find Frustrating. them. Frustrating. All I could find was basketball and then channels where guys are sitting there talking about basketball. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Basketball is pretty big right now. Um, okay. So Dallas and St. Louis, Dallas is up on that series three to two game six is tonight in Dallas. Do you plan to watch that game? I do. Me as well. I do. I'm very excited for that game. Yeah. I fully expect St. Louis to win that game. To be honest, they're very, they've for the most part been a very good road team. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, this series has been really, really close. It's almost deserving of a seventh game. So, and although I'm cheering for Dallas and I want them to win, I kind of feel like it. St. Louis needs to win tonight just because the series deserves to go to seven games. So, uh, it's going to be a really good game. That place is going to be rocking. Uh, yeah, it's going to be loud. It's going to be awesome. Um, I thought Bishop, and again, it's tough because you didn't see the last game, but Bishop is the reason that they won that last game. He was phenomenal. I'm not sure if you looked at the stats or read anything or heard anything. Anyways, he was phenomenal. It was Anyone who watched the game knows what I'm talking about. Uh, he was just awesome. They did a really good segment on Sportsnet in between periods. I can't... I, maybe it wasn't in between periods. Maybe it was Pierre Maguire who did it. And I don't like to compliment Pierre Maguire very often, but if it was him, uh, he did a phenomenal job. He was talking about Jamie Benn and his awareness and not necessarily when the play is going on, but in the face-off circle. He got, I think he got a warning or something in the face-off circle. And uh, it looked like he was going to come out of the face-off and let someone else take it. But he's like, no, no, guys, don't worry about it. Um, I got it. And he told whoever was on his wing to expect the pass but, or expect the 
face off to come to him. But right before he went down, he looked back at Klingberg like that. And then that was like the subtle nod to Klingberg uh. that it's coming back to you. And it did. And they got a shot. Like just small little things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's why, to me, he's one of the best captains in the league, if not the best captain in the league. He'll hit, he'll fight, he'll score, he'll pass. He'll do little stuff like that. So like that was phenomenal. And I guess the frustrating part about this channel is there's little things like that that I'd like to show. Like, I want to show that clip that I just described, but we can't, which is frustrating. But kudos to NBC or I think I think it was NBC and Pierre Maguire, unfortunately. But kudos, That's fine. Kudos to them for, for like, catching if, that. If we're going to be honest about when people screw up and we, we hit them, when they do well, absolutely, we shouldn't feel bad about saying that they did a great job. That's, on that's true. So, yeah. Good, that's, that's cool. Good job, Pierre Maguire. <laughs> uh, and Bennington, you didn't get to see his temper the other game. He kind of lost his marbles a little bit. He was, if you look back at the previous series, I think he won a game, or St. Louis won a game in Winnipeg, or maybe it was in St. Louis, it doesn't matter. He won and he went straight off the ice. He was like, I did focus to the next game. Yeah. Don't congratulate me on the ice now, guys. Yeah. Let's get in the dressing room. So he's like very Mm -hmm. level-headed, not very emotional, but not last game, but the game before, extremely emotional. Uh, trying to start some some conflict, he even, you know, gave some, had had some words for Bishop when they were going off the ice together uh, after a period. Uh, even slashed like the boards next. to... I did see the replays of that. Yeah, yeah. so it's it, that's very unlike Bennington. However, both of those goalies do like to fight. <laughs> so while Bennington, for the most part of the season, has played pretty calm, we kind of know there's a demon inside him. And same with Bishop, he's. He's known to, to chuck some knuckles as well. So, and I know we're we're, we're going to do this series by series, but uh, Grubauer got a got a little uh, uppity he with did. Thornton last night. So we'll get to that. Yeah, he did. I like that. That actually. was great. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see all Lindell's embellishment? No, I did not. Oh man, <laughs> this sucks because I really want to talk about it, but well, you can still talk. about it. I know. I'm sure just, they saw. Okay, it. so there was basically three cross checks. One might have been. 20% of an embellishment. Is this behind the net? Yeah. I think I might have seen it. And then there's two more, and the other two, the, yeah. the third one wasn't really a cross check because he was facing him, but it was like 95% embellishment. It was pathetic. And then at the end of the game, when Maroon scored the goal, uh, Lindell went down very, very easy for that goal. Uh, again, I think maybe about 20 to 30% embellishment there. And uh, it was like it was very obvious. And I'm a little surprised that, he, surprised that he didn't apologize after the game because usually players do that if their embellishments are pretty noticeable. And if he did, I didn't see it. So maybe he did, I maybe don't know. Did, but yeah. I didn't see anything and I looked for something and I watched his interview uh, the other night in between games um, and he didn't say anything. So maybe he doesn't feel bad about it. I don't know. But uh, it does not put Dallas in a good spotlight, and that's bad for me because I like Dallas. So um, no more of that. And Don Cherry wasn't happy with that either. So. Oh, well, there. Jason Spezza, as much as I dislike Jason Spezza. Where did he come from? He has been an absolute clutch player in, yeah, in what a this beast. series specifically. What a beast. He was a healthy scratch for the first two games of this playoffs. In this series, he has scored very, very important goals <laughs> and won very important faceoffs and has 
you know, really kind of been a leader on the team. So mm-hmm. uh, as much as I dislike Jason Spezza, he has been a crucial part of the Dallas Stars no for question. the series. So no question. Uh, definitely a sh- little bit of a shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Dallas's penalty kill still remains pretty strong. Do you remember what their percentage was in, was in the first round? I don't. 100%. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, we had it. It's uh, 93.5 right now. So I'm, I'd take that. Yeah. Anybody that, would take that's that. Pretty, that's best in the playoffs for the teams remaining. So. Wow. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, on St. Louis's side of things, it's not... I mean, you run into a hot goalie sometimes. Bishop was really good. But it's not like they don't have players contributing. Um, Schwartz has, I think, nine points in nine games or whatever it is, however many games are up to now. Um, Tarasenko has been kind of hot and cold a little bit. He's he's scored some, some nice goals, but I mean... Uh, for me, like expectation-wise, there's no one I expect more out of than Tarasenko. Yeah, he yeah. like he is their superstar in my opinion. But in these playoffs, I don't think he has been. So I like to see a little bit more from Tarasenko. They need to uh, they need to find more ways to score. They, I mean, what do you do with Ben Bishop? He's like six seven, and he's a good goalie. It's not easy to score. I'm not like trying to be too hard on St. Louis here, but they need to find a little bit more depth scoring. And, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly is trying to put this team on his back. Like, the man is all over the ice. <laughs> and uh, he's so calm. Even when, like, things don't go his way, he's so calm. So I really appreciate that. Unlike Nathan McKinnon, we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> we will, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I really like Ryan O'Reilly. The more I've watched him play since he left Colorado, I actually like him, like, a lot. Like, I... I watched a lot of Colorado, but I'd never really, like, noticed him, and I don't know why, but when he went to Buffalo, and now that he's in St. Louis, like, he's the player that I, I, I recognize on the ice the most. He's just, he's positionally so good. He back checks. He does, like, everything right. He's He kind of plays like uh, Patrice Bergeron a little bit. So hmm. I really like O'Reilly. That's high praise. Um, anything to say on that series? No. Do, would you like to make a prediction for tonight? I hope you're right, and I hope St. Louis does win and sends it into a Game 7. I think as I agree with you. They That series deserves to have a Game 7. Heck yeah. Um, I think on balance, I would still be preferring St. Louis, but Dallas has played so well, and there's some great stories developing there too, that if Dallas ends up being the contender for the uh, conference final, uh, I could I could accept that. Yeah. A little piece of me also wants St. Louis to win the series because I predicted San Jose and St. Louis to meet in the conference finals. And it's looking like that actually might happen if St. Louis wins tonight. Uh, there's you know, there's, they all they need to do is win one more game, and then San Jose, all they need to do is win one more game. It'll so confirm your we're, status. We're as close. A, a hockey we're, genius. We're close. No, no. <laughs> you look at my East if, if yeah, you want right. to find that out. Well, nobody would have predicted what we got in the East. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, um, San Jose and Colorado, the next series. Yeah. This is, and you watched, I think, some of some or all of the game last night. Pretty well, all of it. Uh, I watched the first two periods when it was still going on, mm-hmm. and then I finally ran out of gas. metabolically, (laughs) and uh, that was done. So I watched the third period this morning on PVR and enjoyed it very much. It it uh, was a pretty good game, actually. There was. I think think the most important player for San Jose is Logan Couture. He is something else. Like, he has scored so many important goals. I don't think anyone else in the playoffs for any other team has, has scored more important clutch goals than Logan Couture. Mm-hmm. And he like he knows when he needs to score them. Like he, like, yeah. 
in that game where they came back, or whatever. He said that that's one. There it is. Yeah. Like and he he knew he was going to get more. Like he <laughs> just he has that mentality, so it's it's pretty awesome. Um, Colorado really needs more depth scoring. If you look at McKinnon and Rantanen, they each have 13 points in 10 games. That's pretty good. That's really good. Like you can't expect Rantanen and McKinnon to carry this team. And that's kind of how it how it's been for Colorado, unfortunately. But when you're in the playoffs, you do need that depth scoring. And then you look at McKinnon and the frustration on his face and how emotional he gets. And he, you know, he goes back to the bench and he starts kicking the kicking the inside of the boards where he's sitting. And you know, he's an angry guy because he, he's frustrated. And I don't necessarily blame him. I wish that he wasn't so emotional because I think it maybe makes him look a little bit silly. Well, it does, and it gives the other teams clues as to exactly. what's setting them off, right? Exactly. They, they they spotlighted him in one of the between period shows there last night. And they showed his reaction when someone gives him a bad pass or yes. or when something doesn't work out. And and you could just see the shoulders slumping. He's like this. Yeah. Like you don't you don't let the other team see that. Don't I know. let your own and don't let your own players see you exactly, like that. Exactly, yeah. Nothing works out always all the time. You compare him to, let's say, a Connor McDavid, who's roughly the same vintage uh, and has the same degree of responsibility in a team that has struggled in the last several years. You don't see that on Connor McDavid. And and you must imagine for sure, he must be very frustrated that they haven't surrounded him with equivalent talent. I would I would assume that Connor McDavid is more frustrated than yes, McKinnon. Good point. But he, you don't see and it. And you don't see it. You don't see it. No. McKinnon, you see everything and that can be a good thing, but but in this case, it's not a good thing. That, that that's right, and I'm not I'm not trying to say that it's a bad thing. I actually really do appreciate his emotion, mm-hmm. and honestly, I understand his frustration, and I'd likely be the exact same way. I would be just as frustrated if I was Nathan McKinnon, but he needs to like he needs to control the emotion or guide that emotion in a better place. And I mean, can you really guide it in a better place? He's already got 13 points in 10 games. It's not like he can do any better. He's trying to carry the team on his back so I, obviously he's going to be frustrated but the, the the teammates thing when he you know when someone tries to give him a pass and he it was a bad pass or whatever and he doesn't get it on a stick and he you know he shows that frustration towards his teammates uh kuznetsov in, in washington does that sometimes mm-hmm. so that can be a little frustrating that can cause some um uh, that can cause a, a chemical imbalance within the team so mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things that you see that you wonder if if he wants out. And I don't think he does. There's I, there's not a, there's not a single ounce of me that thinks that McKenna wants out of Colorado. But when you see that frustration towards teammates, you think you you just wonder if he wishes that he was somewhere else. You know what I mean? Or maybe not so much that he wants out, but he'd rather have other people in. And that could be it too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think San Jose has done a great job of frustrating the best part of his game, even though he's done well already, they've frustrated his ability to wheel. Yeah, he's he doesn't have that open ice uh, to to do what he does what better than anyone in the world, mm-hmm. which is turn those turn the engines on and just go. Uh, they're they're limiting those opportunities. Absolutely, and and they're doing it with their offense. Like San Jose is so offensively gifted. Like it doesn't matter what line is out there, they can strike you with like, like I mean, really. Their top nine forwards, and even more than that, can go out there and just cycle the puck. So it's not just shutting him down defensively. It's like you're making you're making making him play defensive hockey, which is removing him from the offensive zone. So 
he he's having to play a game that he doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to play a defensive role. He wants to play an offensive role. So uh, when we when we talk about series seri- like when we do series previews before they start, when I say things, I hope they come true, so it makes me look smart. But most of the time, that's not the case. However, one thing I said for this series was that I think Colorado is going to get really frustrated with San, uh, San Jose's speed, uh, their offensive ability. I think it's just going to be a little bit too much for them. It's not like Calgary. Luckily, I think what I said was correct there. Mm. I said a, a lot of other incorrect things in that video, but that is one correct thing I said. I don't remember any of those. And, and uh, I, I think that's I think that's been true for the most part. If you watch the games, I mean, San Jose is literally all over Colorado. And this is a team that's put up 50 shots against Calgary three games in a row, I think, in the previous series. Last night I was watching the game. It was maybe halfway through the third period, 12 minutes left in the game. The shots were 37-17 for San Jose. At one point it was 30-something to 11. Yeah. Like they had 11 shots for the longest period of time in the late in the second. How can you put up 50 shots against Calgary three games in a row and then only put 17 up against? Mm -hmm. It just shows you the offensive capabilities of San Jose. They're so good at cycling the puck. They're so good at winning battles. And it's, it's just, it's unbelievable. Like, think about if San Jose had good defense. Or not, like, obviously they have good defense when, like, Burns and even Carlson. Yes, I know. Um, but, I mean, a, tr- a truly defensive team, like yeah. they used to be, like, this team would be so scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of Carlson. Yeah. You know how much I negative things I said about Carlson in the last series? Uh, I'm waiting for it. He's actually been really good this series. Have you noticed that? Like, have any games you've, you've watched? I did. This last game in particular, he was, and some people are thinking maybe he's not 100% physically. Yes, I think that's the case. And maybe that's resolving itself slowly or something because he's he's, he's in the right place. He can get to the right place, the place he needs to be, whereas maybe he just couldn't get there before. Mm. I I don't know. But yeah, he's doing better. Last night's game was great. I thought he's done a much better job defensively. He's stopped that pinching. Like he used to pinch Uh. so much and he's, he's still doing it, but not as much. And he's more aware of of what's behind him, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Jose has given up a lot less two-on-ones, a lot less breakaways in this series. Uh, and that can go to coaching as well, Peter DeBoer. So good on him for you know, making his defensive core aware. He did a deep carry in, uh, I think it was in the second last night's game. And, and you know, he was on the rush. He went all the way in right into the corner. Yes. But the minute he, the minute he didn't have the puck anymore, he was right out I back to that, the blue yeah. line. He scooted right out where he needed to be. Yeah. And I don't think the Eric Carlson of six months ago would have done that. He would have stuck around in there. I don't think the Eric Carlson of two weeks ago would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it's good to see him because we know how good Eric Carlson oh, yeah. is. The Eric Carlson from last series isn't typical Eric Carlson. That's no. why we were so frustrated and yeah. hard on him because we know that that's not who he is. So mm-hmm. uh, it's good to see his game coming back and maybe obviously his injury improving or going away. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, um, Hurdle's also been really good for San yeah, Jose. He was outstanding. He's, he's he's everywhere on the ice, and he's kind of always been like that. I remember his rookie year; I think he scored four goals in one game, and one of them was between the legs, and uh, it was awesome. So I, I've always really liked Hurdle. It's he's always given pretty much a hundred percent. So Hurdle and Couture, in particular, they seem to have that. They're obviously having fun because hockey players don't do this if they don't like it, but they've got this extremely serious way about them right now. Like they're not, they're not loosey goosey. They're just like they, they seem to be really, really drilled into what they need to do. Uh, man, I don't know. I did you see the interview last night with Hurdle? No, I didn't. No. He was pretty calm and smiley. Yeah. 
and, and maybe off the ice he is, but but I'm just thinking on the ice, even when he does well, it's okay, back to business. Couture is like that. Yeah. Like he's very, very down to business, even when he scores goals. Like he obviously smiles and stuff, but I mean, he's very like, he knows what needs to be done. So I I do appreciate that. How have you thought, or what do you think about goaltending in this series so far? I think it's been pretty good. I think it's been really good. Like Grubauer has been phenomenal. Do you know what, you probably saw it in last night's broadcast. They actually faced each other, Jones and Grubauer. (coughs) uh, Excuse me. Before. Memorial Cup. Memorial Cup. Yeah, you know, Grubauer was with the Windsor Spitfires. Yeah, and they they won. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it, that's that's pretty interesting. I mean, this isn't the Stanley Cup Finals, but I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's big. It, you know, it's, it's the biggest biggest game that either one of them had ever played. Yeah, yeah. Up so, to that point, so yeah, it's it's kind of cool when that, when that comes around like that again. Um, but for the most part, I think I mean on both sides, goaltending has been fantastic, and I'm happy to say that considering Jones was so inconsistent last series. So, I mean, you've got Jones being more consistent. You've got Eric Carlson being more like the real Eric Carlson. So things are looking pretty good for San Jose. Yeah, it's funny what they must know in the dressing room that we we can't see out here in our basement. But like you said, in the last series, if they start Martin Jones tonight, that means they're not serious about winning this series. Uh, you know, and, and I agreed with you 100%. But they did start Martin They did start. And then they won. <laughs> and they won. And now he's playing like the Martin Jones. Exactly. So we, you're right. should be. They know something in the dressing room that we don't know. Yeah. And you know, that, that that's a ex- perfect example of me being wrong. And I'm, hey, I'm okay with that. Now, on the other side, uh, we alluded to it a little while ago, but uh, Grubauer and Thornton get a little shovey-shovey. I didn't see what caused that. I saw them behind the net. They didn't go back far enough for me know, either. yeah. Yeah. But something happened behind the net, and there was a little pushing and shoving. And uh, anyway, Grubauer ended up getting the penalty, and Thornton's gated away. Yes, he did. <clears throat> so, uh, but I, I, you know, I like that. I like the fire from I Grubauer. It. I um, love it. He's having a fantastic series, uh, fantastic playoffs. He's, I mean, realistically, if you got average goaltending from Colorado, you probably would have got swept because San Jose's chances <laughs> are plentiful. Yeah. Uh, and you know, when at that point last night when I was saying. Colorado only had 17 shots. Just after that, Jones made two unbelievable saves. So even though that Jones isn't, you know, getting peppered with shots, uh, maybe he feels a little bit cold. Um, mm-hmm. He's still, you know, he's still there to make big saves in this in this series. So yeah, I I, I appreciate that. Um, that's all I got to say for this series. Uh, I don't have, I don't have anything else. I'm good. All right. Yeah. Uh, Carolina in the. Islanders, I don't want to talk too much about the series, and maybe at all, because we're going to film a series recap video probably tomorrow. Yeah. If that's okay or something I should like be that. good. Um, if, yeah, I'd like to do it tomorrow uh, and get it out. Um, anyway, pretty pretty crazy, though. I mean, like, we've already kind of talked about it and said it was crazy, but uh, I don't think you can be disappointed with the Islanders. As for, like, maybe the series a little bit, but as a whole, as a team... I don't, I don't know if you can de- be disappointed. I mean, they've kind of overachieved. They lost their best player. He went on to play for, a, I would say, a Stanley Cup contending team. Uh, and then you not only finished higher than them in the standings, you made it further than them in the, stand, in the playoffs. Uh, you have to be pretty happy with this season. Uh, the amazing story of Leonard, the, you know, bringing the fans, like, emotion into the storylines of the players uh the nassau coliseum that whole storyline do you think barclays is a curse 
the minute they start playing at a Barclays Center, they they didn't win after that. I don't think Barclays. <laughs> no, I don't think it was a curse, but it wasn't the same. You were right. I was wrong. Like you said, it wasn't going to be the same. It wasn't. I didn't have the same feeling. It wasn't the they same. They were good. The, the fans were good, and they were in, fairly well engaged yeah. in the game. But, yeah, it just didn't have the same pizzazz. Who were the louder fans in the series? I don't know if I saw a Carolina game, a home game. Oh, yeah, you might have been away. I think I'd, I might have seen one. It was so loud. <laughs> yeah. They were as loud, I think, as the Islanders were in, their, in the uh, Nassau Coliseum. And that, that's a great story. Too. It is. It's a great story. It's a, it's a huge story. And uh, the, and they're, they're, they're owning the bunch of jerks. Oh, yeah. they, they bought into it, and they're going to use that and go with it. Heck yeah, good for them. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's and, and I've it's I've great. I've uh, taken a, a poo poo on them about that <laughs> stuff, and uh, really they're they got it right. Hashtag poo poo. Uh, yeah, I, honestly, I wanted the Islanders to win, but I'm not disappointed that Carolina won. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty. I know I'm pretty happy for them. I, I will cheer for Carolina hardcore, regardless of who they have to play, whether that's Boston or, or, or Columbus. Really? Yeah, yeah. I will definitely cheer for them hardcore if Boston ends up being the opponent. With Columbus, it'll be more 50-50. Uh, I probably will still prefer Carolina to win, but uh, I'd be quite okay if Columbus went went all the way. I, the only reason that I wanted Columbus to do well is because if they didn't do well, if number one, if they didn't make the playoffs or if they got swept by Tampa, the all the risks that they took at the trade deadline would probably make future GMs less likely to make big risks like that. Yeah. But if Columbus does well, and I can say I we can probably say that they have already done well. Oh yeah. They made the playoffs. They destroyed Tampa. They're being super competitive against Boston. Even though they even if they do get eliminated, you can kind of see that as a bit of a success. So okay. uh that's where it kind of ends for me. Like uh, I would be happy if to see Columbus move on to the to the finals. Um I wouldn't be disappointed if they beat Carolina, but I am definitely cheering for Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think their story is better. Yeah, uh, they're, you know, it's it's a little fr- like Don Cherry <laughs> talked about this yesterday about fans showing up now because the team's doing good. But where were they two years ago? So I I understand that mentality and that what he's trying to say, but I don't understand discouraging the growth of a sport, like. Why wouldn't you want, like, why are you complaining about there being more fans in the stadium? Like, you're, the game is growing in that area of the world. Mm-hmm. How is that a bad thing? Like, this is what we want as a, as a sport, as fans, to grow the game, so. It's like that whole discussion a year or more ago on, on this program, not the podcast necessarily, but on Post to Post, about the bandwagon effect. And, oh, you're just a bandwagoner. Yes. Um, I totally reject all that. I, I don't care... Why if someone's at the rink or why they're cheering for the team or how long they've been cheering for the team. If they're cheering for the same team I'm cheering for, let's go. Yeah. I really could care less. I don't want to have to interview them and get their entire history to see if they're good enough to be a fan. Yeah. That's I, crap. I agree. Like it's all about growing the sport. Like yep. that's and that's one of the reasons why I started the channel as well, is to 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 talk about and raise awareness and to, you know, talk about other leagues around the world. And mm-hmm. because here in North America we're pretty secluded. We don't really hear a lot about the SHL and the AIHL in Australia and EIHL in England and all that stuff. So it's good to raise awareness and to grow the sport, to grow the game and stuff. And I think that seeing that happen in Carolina, maybe it lasts two years, maybe three years and mm-hmm. attendance goes back to crap. That would be unfortunate, but at least 
for those two or three years, you know, some of those fans got to experience a, uh, and learn about a new game, a new sport. So yeah, I'm not at all concerned about new fans joining. I'm a bit concerned about fans leaving. Yes. Um, and but then again, if fans don't leave, then the team who is underachieving with a full arena every night has no incentive to achieve higher. That's true. So <laughs> maybe a fan leaving. It's just saying, look, I'm going to put you in the penalty box right now. Well, look at Ottawa. Yeah. There are fans specifically boycotting games on TV as well. Mm-hmm. Even they're going to that to, to that extreme because of Eugene Melnick. Yeah. Because they don't want to, to support Eugene Melnick in any way. They don't want their ticket, uh, the, the cash that they pay for tickets to go into his pocket. Um, so Or even be something that he can take credit for, even if he didn't see a, a cent of it. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, I've, I've been filling the rink every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's able to say that, yep. then it looks good for him, and it shouldn't. <laughs> and on the opposite side of the coin, I think there's fans in Carolina going to games, maybe not now, but this year, because of the new owner. Yeah. He, you know, he brought back uh, a bit of youth in the organization. He wanted to celebrate their heritage with Hartford, and now we had that third Hartford jersey, which is amazing. They had a, a whole night dedicated to their history there. Uh, the whole storm surge thing there, he's okay with that. And he, like, mm-hmm. he's, he's a pretty modern guy, yeah. a pretty modern owner. So that stuff raises awareness, which creates new fans, you know, which in turn basically means that there are probably a lot of new Carolina Hurricanes fans that um, learn about Carolina or the team because of positive things that the owner has done. So they are fans because of the owner in a, in a way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it's it can play a huge factor of who owns a team, whether you're Melnick or I don't remember his name, the guy in Carolina. I, I'm not good with owners' names. I always forget I'm them. I'm not either. Is it Schwartz? I don't think so. I don't know. Sorry. I feel like it starts with a B, but whatever. Bortz. <laughs> Boris. <laughs> Boris and Natasha. Um, anyways, that we'll save the majority of our analysis for specific Carolina Islanders video. Um, Columbus, Boston. Mm. Now you, I would assume you listened to this game on the radio last night. I did. I listened to the game on the radio on the way home from the Boston market. Yes. Essentially, I was in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, More about the trip later, but we were right in the Boston local market. Boston radio on the radio. Boston on all the signs. Boston this way, 20 miles away or whatever. Mm. Couldn't watch the game on TV That's crazy. On, th- on Thursday night. Couldn't watch the game. It was not available on the cable. So that game, I just had to watch my phone to see what the score was as it would change. But Saturday night's game, yes. I listened to it using my phone, feeding Bluetooth into the car. I listened to it on the Boston Sports Radio mm-hmm. Network and uh, heard it all. It's a good game. Uh, it sounded great. The last half of the game was better than the first oh, half. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, but, you know, Boston went up 2 nothing, and then you had that controversial goal from Columbus, uh, which probably would have been a weird thing to listen to. And you, you already told me the, the bias of the, <laughs> oh, my the Boston announcers. Real homers, but they're supposed to be, so I'm, yeah. not, I'm not complaining about it. But. but that would have been a, like, thinking back to that play, it would have been weird to only, like, try and, like... To listen to, the, to that commentary just audibly and not be able to see what actually happened, that probably would have been maybe a little frustrating for you. It is, but the guys that are on the radio, they're they're seeing the replay on video. So you, you hear them talk like, oh, 
oh, oh, I don't know, I don't know, Bob, or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, look there. Like, so they're talking about something I can't see. Yeah. But I, I can almost see it, the way they're talking about it. They did a pretty good job. Oh, good. But it was uh, it was funny because at one point, they oh, it's inconclusive. It has to be conclusive. The call on the ice was no goal. It has to be overly conclusive for it to be a goal. So I think this is going to be no goal. Wait a minute. <laughs> and at one point, then he said, well, we're only seeing the NBC feed. Hockey Night in Canada is here from Canada. Maybe they have other video that we can't see, and maybe the NHL is using some angle that we don't have, mm-hmm. And but I still don't think it's a goal. <laughs> I, I never saw it cross the line. You can see the puck kind of disappear, but you, and you can see the line, but you can't see the puck across the line, and I don't think it's going to be a goal. Oh, wait a minute. And then, of course, it, and it wasn't Wes McCauley who made the announcement, but he was doing the game last night. It was the other guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm, my apologies. And, uh, of course, we have a good goal. And uh, so it was a good goal. And, of course, they were talking about the Panarin goal that, that had hit the net in the previous game. Yes. And, and got counted. So these yes. guys are butthurt a little bit by the fact that they're getting getting mashed by these rules. And, uh, oh, a good 10 or 15 minutes later, they were talking about how the, the game had evolved because it was it was 2 nothing, then 2-1, then 3-1, then 3-2, then 3-3. Mm-hmm. And when they went back to talk about that first Columbus goal, yeah, Columbus scored a goal at whatever, and uh, yeah, although it never crossed the line that we could see. <laughs> <laughs> they just had to throw it back in there. Yeah, right? They just had to throw it back in. But it was, it was entertaining. Hmm. It, it looked like it would have been a great game yeah, to watch. It was a really good game, uh, a really, really good game. The... I, <sighs> They made the right call. That puck was across the line, mm-hmm. um, but it was painstaking just to sit there and just like because it took like seven or eight minutes for them to decide, which is f- fine, I guess. It's just if they're gonna get it right, it's worth it. I it, guess. Actually, I want to have a conversation a little bit about the about reviews mm-hmm. later, but um, kudos to Boston for not losing focus in that game because you know you're up two nothing, you get a questionable goal against you, it's two one. Boom, you come right back and you make it 3-1. Mm-hmm. Resilience. Yeah. And then boom, 3-2, 3-3. Oh, dang. <laughs> what happens? Resilience. Boston makes it 4-3. So kudos to the players for, for not losing sight uh, and to, to proving that, you know, like, you know, Bobrovsky's in net and he's one of the best goalies in the NHL, if not the best. Um, doesn't mean we can't score some more goals on him. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That, and that was an important game. As a it was. Very and- important game. It just turns out that when the uh, San Jose, Colorado recording started last night, there was a bit of the Boston game still on the very beginning of that. Mm. So I already knew how it ended and I already knew what happened, but I heard them talking about Marshawn making a bad attempt to clear in the last minute with Columbus and the goalie pulled. And Marshawn had the puck, he just whiffed on it, never got past the blue line and Columbus maintained their offensive pressure. Ultimately not scoring, Mm -hmm. but I knew that that had happened. So when I got home, I watched that play just to see if it was the way I imagined it from listening to the radio. It was exactly as I imagined it. It was really good. <laughs> they, they did a good job. They then. did a great job. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know who the broadcasters are on the radio, but they were awesome. And interestingly, if NBC carried the game, and they would have, it would have been their crew. It would, would not have been Jack Edwards and Andy Brickley, right? So I don't know what they were doing last night for work, yeah. but maybe they were just sitting watching the game and enjoying it for a change, which would be a nice night off for them. Yeah, for sure. But probably once, once Nesson is not involved in the playoffs – they're probably out because the radio guys would probably continue their radio stuff, right? Uh, yeah. No, I think you're right. I think they might be in the arena in some fashion mm-hmm. or something like that. But yeah, I think that's probably 
I don't know. Do, does Jack Edwards get promoted to NBC eventually? I don't for Boston games. I don't think so. I don't think so. No, because he's too he's too biased. Oh yeah, he's he's a home, he's the home broadcaster. Yeah, I think I think he needs to be that way, and I think that's what Boston fans want. They want him on Nesson doing the home thing. NBC knows that they can't. They, NBC knows that they cannot hire Jack Edwards to do Boston games. Like I would think. Anyways. I would think uh, to an earlier game in the series, and this is something that uh, I watched before I left. But it was Brad Marchand's uh, punch on the back of the head of... Uh, yes. I forget who the player was. But, yeah, I don't remember either. Yeah. But when it happened, the I saw it happen live. Yeah. like Because the angle they gave us, thank goodness for a change, it showed that play. But they didn't talk about it right away. They didn't talk about it for quite some time. And then they came back from a commercial break and then they had the punch uh, from some different angle. And then it became an, an item of debate and topic yes. later on. But... Uh, yeah, that just, oh man, that bothers me, that stuff. Okay, let's talk about it. Yeah. Do you think that it should have been a suspension? No, but it should have been a fine. I think so too. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I well, think I think a lot of people thought it should have been a suspension. It wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard. It was more like it was. It was stupid. It was stupid. It was, you know, to the head, they're trying to remove that stuff. It was, not only was it to the head, it was from behind. Mm-hmm. It was really dirty and stupid. I don't think it was hard enough for a suspension. I think it was just a little... A little rough play. Mm-hmm. Um, give him a fine because you can't, you can't do that stuff. You can't do that stuff, and and the league can't let that stuff go unpunished in some way. Yeah. Even if they don't suspend somebody, they they condemn it. They have to condemn it. And that's what it's about. It's not about taking five thousand dollars from Brad Marsha. Yeah. That's literally nothing to him. It's about the exposure of the fine to the rest of the league. It's about having that on his rap sheet when he does something else in the future exactly. to look back on. And he will. And he will. And he's already, like, there's been things that Brad Marchand has done who is that's probably suspension-worthy, definitely fine-worthy in the past, not including this. So if you add those things to the list, and then you add this to the list of a fine, like, his, his rap sheet's already big, but if you add those up, other couple of things, it's a pretty serious rap sheet. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a little disappointed that he didn't get a fine for that hit, but I, I agree with you. No suspension. Yeah, no suspension. And Boston, and the, he showed again last night why they need to have him out there every game. Oh, he was he was crucial in that game. Last he night. was fantastic. Boston doesn't win that game last night without Brad Marchand. No, no, exactly. And and then maybe that's some of the debate. Maybe. Maybe. maybe he should have been suspended and that was a Columbus win last night. I don't know. I don't know. Because Columbus came back in the third period and showed that they were in that game. They tied it. And they were moving. Yeah. They were moving until that fourth goal. I think Bias Neal says, yeah, that should have been a suspension <laughs> and Columbus won last night. But I think trying to be unbiased and realistic, I can't see that being a suspension. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it just wasn't hard enough. That, that's where I am. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he did it in plain sight. He wasn't, you know, didn't look both ways and give someone the spear like he it wasn't in a scrum in between a bunch of players it was out in the open yeah he knew he was on camera like exactly yeah anyways he just needs to smarten up what he should have done is take the bottom of the helmet and lift it up and to so the helmet goes over there like just to troll him or just rub him on the top of the head yeah or something like (laughs) that's the right thing to do yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyway Or, or lick the guy i don't know yeah whatever have you noticed all the penalties in this series yeah it's just been one big constant power play, I feel, in this whole series. <laughs> like Josh Anderson, specifically for Columbus, 
has taken so many stupid penalties. It's really frustrating, and I'm not even a Columbus fan. And not only penalties, but penalties in the offensive zone. Mm. He's got 22 penalty minutes wow. so far in the playoffs, and they've all been, like, ridiculous. Well, not all of them, but I would say at least half of them have been just real stupid offensive zone penalties. And that's almost two minors a game at that at that rate. He's right? always in the box. <laughs> like, he's a, you know, he's a big guy. He likes to play physical. Yeah. Those aren't the penalties that I... That frustrated me. It's the, the holds and the hooks in, in the offensive zone. It's the stupid stuff like that and the trips and anyways. He he needs to he needs to wrangle himself in a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would say goaltending has been pretty good in this series for the most part. Tuka Rask, I thought made some unbelievable saves last night in, in last night's game. But then there's some goals and you're like, Really? You let that in? <laughs> But you saved that other one? <laughs> like, it's, I would say 97% of the time, goaltending's been really good in the series. And then there's been some questionable goals on both sides. Yeah. Not just for Thrask with Robski, too. So, a little tiny bit inconsistent with goaltending in the series. But that may have been predictable with Rask. But anyway, constant battles in this series. We already talked about that, I think, in the last podcast. Uh, lots of just puck battles along the boards and. I think this has been the most physical series uh, in the second round. So, you know, it's been good hockey to watch. It's good, mm. good to see players battle and stuff. But, yeah. Um, that's all I have to say about that series. Did you see Tortorella's uh, media availability after the game last no, night? No, I did not. He's sitting there because he has to. And uh, he's got that look. He's got that Tortorella look on his face like he'd rather be anywhere else. He'd rather be getting a tooth pulled with no Novocaine than sit there in front of the media after a game like that. And one of the reporters, I, I can't, I didn't recognize his voice. It wasn't Brooksy because he's not in New York anymore. But some reporter kept asking him pretty stupid questions. They were like, uh, so uh, Torts, um, uh, what do you think gave you that surge in the third period? You know, do, do you think you, you, do you think the team got anything out of that or something like that? And he looked at him and said, what do you think? <laughs> like, and, and, and then he said, do you think the, uh, the third period gives the team something like for next game, what do you think? Uh, do, do you think the, the team only played in the third period? Or, or, what, or what did we need? No, we got good players. He said, we, we got good players. They just need to play. <laughs> we got lots of good players, but, but we need them to play. Oh. And then finally, he looked right at the reporter and said, stop asking me stupid questions. <laughs> he just said it right to That's him. That's awesome. And I loved it. I loved it because the questions were stupid, just like all the questions they ask all the players between periods. Hockey interviews the, are the worst. With the towel over their shoulder, you yeah. know. And, yeah, we got to get pucks deep. And, oh, jeez. Anyway, and, and then Tortorella just got kind of walked out. He just stood up and, and gone. It's like, yes. He did an interview the other day. I think it was maybe like three or four days ago. And he was being asked questions and stupid questions. And he was just one word answers. Nope. Yep. Nope. That was it. It was awesome. <laughs> I asked him, one of the reporters, maybe the same guy, said, uh, so do you think you're going to be back here for game seven? Oh, yeah. Why do you think that? Because we're going to win. We're going to win. Boom. We're going to win. Wow. And that's when he walked out. Huh. It was great. Good exit. Yeah. Boom. If he, if he had a mic to drop, he would have just mm. dropped it. Boom. <laughs> uh, okay. I have some rumors to talk about. Ooh, okay. Have you heard any rumors? You, you don't really follow rumors that much. Not really, although I do watch, like when uh, Lyle Richardson posts something in Spectre's Hockey, he'll mm-hmm. usually cover the, the main rumors and have a little discussion. I Occasionally when I have time, I read those. All right. Well, I have three rumors, and I usually 
don't like to talk about rumors unless the specific rumor has been talked about for an extended period of time. Like, so the first one, Malkin. There's been Malkin rumors out there for probably about three weeks now. Uh, it's gaining a lot of momentum um, you know, on Twitter by like recognized people. So he's been linked with Vancouver, apparently. Um, oh. I don't know if that's true. Obviously, that's why it's a rumor. But you, we may see Malkin leaving Pittsburgh. I, I personally don't think it'll happen, but it's out there. The second one I have is a pretty legitimate case. It's not even a rumor at this point. It's almost true. Uh, looks like Ken Holland is going to Edmonton to be their next GM. Okay. Uh, Elliot was talking about this last night on Sportsnet. It's not a for sure. By the time that you guys see or listen to this, it might already be done. So uh, that like that's how close they are apparently to um, getting things done in Edmonton. And wow. he will be their new GM. And with that comes the third rumor that if Ken Holland goes to Edmonton as their GM, then Dave Tippett will be hired as their new head coach. I don't know the truth behind that one, but that's the secondary rumor that I've heard hmm. um, for Edmonton. So um, I actually don't – I like the Ken Holland one. Uh, I do really like Ken Holland. He's made some mistakes, unfortunately, and stuff, but I do like him. Uh, but I, I don't like Dave Tippett. I, Is that right? Yes, I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. If Dave, if Dave Tippett goes and coaches in Edmonton, he number one doesn't last more than three years, and they miss the playoffs two out of three, two out of the three years. Boys, Boom. you heard it here. And if I'm wrong, feel free to replay that clip over and over again. Call your bookie, and I will, and I will apologize. <laughs> but that's my prediction. Wow. Okay. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, um, so let's let's circle back a little bit. Reviewable plays. Right. There's two plays to talk about. Number one is that puck that maybe crossed the line. We know it crossed the line, but we don't conclusively probably know that it crossed the line. So how do we fix that? What's the solution? The solution, I think, is something that we're already working on, which is a which sensor is, in the puck okay. itself like a sensor in the puck. So that means you probably need a sensor under the ice where the line is. Either that or somehow in the structure of the, uh, the, the, the post okay. and the crossbar. So say we use that tech for four years. Yeah. It works good. Yeah. What happens if it fails during a playoff game? Oh my goodness. I don't know what, what we're going to we, do. Well, that's <laughs> like, if we're going to use that technology mm-hmm. and we have ex- expectations of it always working, what happens when it doesn't work? How big of a news story is that going to be when that technology fails in the most important time in a playoff game? Well, it'll obviously be, be part of the story, but I... would we, Do you think it would go back to removing the technology? No. I don't think so either, but I can see the argument. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's already arguments on too many reviews yep. and too many wasteful times and long protracted seven minute phone conversations with headphones on and looking at iPads and everything else. Yep. And Brian Burke made, made the point last night about that. in uh, one of the, uh, intermissions, he, he said the people they really need to worry about are the people that are buying the tickets and sitting in the seats and paying the money to see a game that lasts, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't go past three hours long. And 
now you know me, I have all kinds of ideas that they can adopt to shorten the game up. So, but I yeah, I understand it. Yeah, I see. I don't care how long the game is. I just want things to be right. Exactly. So I'm like I, Elliot Friedman, is but that's basically his exact yeah feeling on everything. He doesn't care how long it's going to be. He just wants the play to be right. Yeah. But where's the line? If an if a if a review is 15 minutes long, is that acceptable? No. No, it's not. We've had 10 minute reviews. We have, and uh, and we've had double reviews. We've had double reviews. We've had the review as did the puck cross the line. Yep. Yes, we determined it did. Okay, now I want to review on whether there was goaltender interference. Yep. And then they go back to the look at the same video again. There was a nine minute review two years ago in Pittsburgh, and that's a, please, in that scenario. Please. So where where is the line? When does it become not okay to get things right? Because you can't put a timeline in it. Time limit. You on can't. It. I I have a pretty high threshold for that, frankly. Nine minutes, it's a long, long time, but it's still useful if it's going to be right. So I'm, I don't care. I I agree. I would even say, for regular season games, I don't care as much. Mm-hmm. But for playoff games, if that review needs to take seventeen minutes, you take seventeen minutes to get yep. it right because you need the correct calls in the playoffs. Yeah. So if we go to the other controversial one, though, when the puck hit the netting. Mm-hmm. Do you think that should be reviewable? Actually, I think it should. Uh, and that's that's the problem I have with some plays being reviewable and some plays not being reviewable. And that's reviewable. where this conversation leads. Yeah. If something happens that would ordinarily have blown the play dead, such as an offside mm-hmm. that wasn't caught or a, a puck hitting the net that wasn't caught or a puck that rides up into the bench and hits a player on the bench and then back out real yes. quick that wasn't caught, then that needs to be caught, and it needs to be reviewable. I. That, that's that's what I think. I completely agree. Um, I don't know how that's not reviewable. Yeah. Like, like who decided that? How is it? Like, I don't, if a puck goes up and hits the scoreboard, but you don't know it hit the scoreboard, but you kind of do, <laughs> can you review? Like, and that leads to a goal. Can you review that? Is that going to be included into the net? conversation like when they implement this new rule where you can review a, a net play because i think they're that's because of the situation that's what they're going to do next year mm. they're already talking about it apparently what if it's a scoreboard are you gonna have to make another rule for this for this not that that happens ever but it has yeah. happened but the the one that, and this is where i'm a bit conflicted the uh, there's too many offside reviews now i think now i don't know how you stop it I don't know what you do, but there's there's not as I say too many, but they seem to be excessive, and I don't know if it's a big deal. I don't know if offside's a huge deal because if offside is called or not called, it's usually by an inch. Just so you're close enough. You're close enough. So if if you're close enough, then just keep playing. Like it's. Eh. I dis- I think I, I think I disagree with that. Yeah. I like to see. I like to see offside reviews. It's, my biggest problem with offside reviews is we have a potato filming the line on each side. Like, this is 2019, and you're using a camera from, like, 2004. Like, you can admit that like, the quality is pretty... Terrible. Poop, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it is garbage. Now, if you had a sensor in the puck, you could run a, some sort of wire underneath, or like a, a, 
a transponder in the puck. You could run a sensor yeah, but what about under skates? the blue line. What if a skate's lifted or whatever? No, well, that's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if the, they, they have to go with what football does, the, the plane. Did, did, so, okay, so you don't want you don't want elevation to be a factor, you want exactly, plane. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Because in football, basketball, you, in basketball, you can be out of bounds as long as you haven't touched the ground. Yes. And you can throw that ball back in. Or in football, if you break the plane of the goal line, even if you land outside out of bounds and you're you don't even really go over the cone. Okay. It still counts. I would be cool with that. So if someone was, we'll say, two and a half feet inside the zone and they've got one, their back leg, literally right up like a ballerina, yeah, a Superman, and it's pointing all like straight back at 90 degrees, both legs. I'm cool one, with that. One leg is at 90 degrees. You're okay with that? It'll certainly eliminate a lot of replays. You know what? I actually agree with that. <laughs> Yay! Because it, it does. It eliminates a lot of replays. Yep. But does the stick count? No. I agree. The stick should, <laughs> stick should not. You could be at the face-off dot and all. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're someone like Jarrah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could be laying down. Your your feet could be on the red line beside the goal and get your stick at the blue <laughs> yeah. line. <clears throat> yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, they, the NHL definitely has some things to to fix and to figure out. And, you know, they're testing these technologies. And half the reason they're implementing these technologies and these making these decisions is because of all the statistics that are coming our way because soon you're going to be able to bet on those statistics uh in vegas which is cool i guess but it's all about money in a way that's all <laughs> because yeah. the nhl you know they're spending money to put implement this technology but they're doing it halfly to make money to be honest like yep. and it's for the fans and we get to see all the stuff and it's going to be cool to see what Sportsnet and TSN and, and NBC does with all this information and how they display it on the screens and stuff. It is going to be cool, but let's not kid ourselves. It's about the money too. Totally. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see all this new technology come in the next five to 10 years for the NHL, or really maybe one to 10 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how soon they're going to implement it. I thought it was going to be next year maybe, but yeah. Um, sorry, I meant to mention something back on that first review I heard someone saying that there's technology available that you don't need technology in the posts or the net that you need technology in the puck and if there's something that you lay underneath the ice that's it, it's basically a sensor and it senses when the puck is like it, it's almost like a, a scan or like a yeah. when you go to scan a paper or whatever it's almost like that so it knows, like it looks up basically, if you could picture it as a camera looking up, like underwater when you look at the surface of, of water. It's kind of like that, apparently. That's all I know. That's, I don't know what that technology is, but someone was talking about it. So Yeah, I don't either. I guess we don't have a puck handy, which is odd. There'd be a lot of them around. But the, the, the only thing I'm worried about is you can't just plant a sensor in the middle of the puck or a, a chip, an ID chip in the middle of the puck and expect that will tell you the whole story mm-hmm. because... If the puck crosses the goal line so that the sensor crosses, but the rest of the puck doesn't, under today's right. rules, that's not a goal. Because you need to see that white in between the red and the yeah. puck. But if that same puck and the sensor itself was on edges across the blue line, it would be a goal. Yes. Because the entire puck is across. So they need to make sure they solve that. But if they do, I'm down. They almost need like a ribbon that goes on the inside of the puck around yeah. the outside. It has to be the whole perimeter so that the entire puck will have crossed and they can verify that. And like, if, <clears throat> like this is tough. 
because you're affecting the weight and balance of a puck when you implement stuff inside the puck. Like, I mean, a regular it, puck is just solid rubber. Yeah, it would have to be done in a neutral way so that it actually works um, and doesn't upset the physics of the game. And then you, it's not about weight either. It's about structural integrity of the puck. Yeah. You get someone that can rifle that thing at 105 miles exactly. an hour. Is that technology surviving inside? Yeah. <clears throat> is it trustworthy? Yeah. That, that's what the AHL is for. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Good luck, AHL. Uh, anyways, that's all I need. I have to talk about for today, actually. So if you want to talk about your trip or tell us a for little bit about thing. where you were and what you're doing, then well, be awesome. First off, tell me why you're wearing Detroit today. Uh, I just like red. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you had a message. Or no, not, usually I do. So good question. But no, today I just wanted to wear red. Um, I was, I have a red shirt on that I was going to wear for mail time, but we're not going to do that. So, um, what was that tomorrow maybe or something like cool. that or whenever you're feeling better. Yeah. Um, so expect that later this week. I, I need, and it's, I, I feel physically fine, but I just can't yeah. talk very much. <clears throat> I'll make this, make this trip recap quick then. Oh, it, it save will. save yourself. It will be. Um, I, it's something I noticed watching the last couple of Boston games. And I also noticed it last night in San Jose. And this is a, uh. A compliment I'm about to pay to their fans. Next time you watch a game in the TD Garden, and there will be some, I think the way things are, well, there's going to have to be at least one, mm. even if Boston wins out, right? So um, if Boston beats Columbus in Columbus, then they're going to play at least two more. One more. At, at least if Boston beats Columbus in Columbus, they're going to play at least oh, two sorry, more yes, home sorry, games yeah. right, in the third round. In some arenas where there's so much of this glass banging, yeah. there's not hardly any in the TD Garden. Yeah. They don't bang in yeah, the glass. And San Jose doesn't have much either. Interesting. Yeah. And and I just think that's, maybe they have a better class of fan in the first row. Hmm. I'm, I'm, that, that's what I'm going with. Egg. I like it. Glass I, bangers are really annoying. I hate glass bangers because the, the vibrations go up. The microphones that capture the play are usually attached to the top of the glass. So when you do, 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 it's actually transmitting right through that microphone. Mm. So rather than hearing the cut of the skate and the, and the carving and the puck and the slap shots and the whistles and the, even the chatter, you're hearing thunk, 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 thunk with some idiot banging on the glass. Montreal has got some glass banging idiots. Terrible, terrible. So does Toronto. Yeah. Uh, Vegas does. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Probably not too many in the Barclays Center because the fans can't get close to them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, we won't have to worry about that anymore. And I just thought I'd say, congratulations, Boston and San Jose. You're doing something right by keeping some of those glass banging fools away from your glass. Oh. Yeah. Um, I do just want to rant a little bit about the lack of hockey availability in the hotel I was at. It's a chain standard hotel. It's a nice place. We're totally in the Boston sports market. I, I Instagrammed a picture of myself at the Walmart yeah, <laughs> nearby. Yeah, Boston jerseys in the background. Yeah, and, and it said, you know, uh, teams or something like that, plural. <laughs> There's only <laughs> one team there, boys. <laughs> There's only one team, and it ain't mine. But anyway, it was uh, just Boston stuff everywhere, and as it should be. Yeah, exactly. But on TV that night, they have two or three different ESPN channels. They have a maybe a Fox Sports channel. They have Nesson. None of them are showing the They're hockey. They're showing basketball, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Basketball everywhere. Playoffs are going on, so. Yeah, and baseball. A lot of baseball, yeah, too. The baseball. Red Sox are playing, so they were on one of the channels. It was like, you have a team. Like, for all of this, I don't blame the hotel. 
I don't blame the cable company. I blame the NHL and NBC for having it. Having a monopoly on the yeah. games. Well, having a monopoly, NBC wins the contract to, to show this game, and then they stick it on a sports channel that not everybody exactly, has. Exactly, yeah. Show it on the main network. Exactly. If I, it's, I completely agree. If it's not good enough to show it on the main network, why'd you bid on it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. See ya. Don't, like, especially in that market. Exactly. Because you want to watch the game. Yeah. And there's other people who want to watch the game, but they can't. Yeah. And, no, then I, that, and stuff like that forces people to go online and and look at these sites where you're not supposed to look for these games and watch them illegally, which yeah. the NHL doesn't want, and these big networks like Sportsnet don't want. If you don't want us watching illegal sports on channels that we can't get because you don't give them to us, what do you want us to do? Yeah, exactly. Like, Come on. Freaking scrubs. Get with the program. Um, yeah, so that's a little rant. Trip was great. Uh, it was fast. They're always too fast. I think I'm going to start slowing down the Saturday return. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. I left here Wednesday afternoon, about 3 o'clock, quarter after 3. Got into Fredericton Wednesday night, spent the night there. Thursday morning, bright and early, off to Manchester. It's about, from Fredericton, it's about an eight-hour drive, so it's not too bad. <clears throat> so we get down late afternoon into Manchester after a couple of stops, checked in the hotel, did a little bit of shopping, kicked around, um, and then really all of Thursday night and all of Friday night, the four guys just hanging out in the room. Mm-hmm. We ordered pizza both nights and and had a few wobbly pops and uh, just shot the breeze because we get together like this twice a year and had a great time. Uh, but then Saturday's a long haul, yeah. and especially when you're not feeling good, and I wasn't. Mm. So it's a long drive. We left uh, Manchester about, well, left Deerfield about quarter after 11 or 11.30, and I was home by... I was home 11 hours yeah, later. Yeah, you were. And that includes stopping at Canada Customs, going in and paying money because we had too much. We had more than we were allowed. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't my stuff. I was picking stuff up for other people. Oh, okay. So No, no. Not, I'm not going to take the fall for that. No way. So you didn't have to, you didn't have to pay, but. I had to pay, but I'm going to get the money back when ah, I deliver okay. the product. One, uh, one lady that works with me. <laughs> the, the product the is product. some drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just call me, just call me Dimebag Daryl. Uh, <laughs> well, one lady ordered. Uh, she, she has a hobby. She's a collector. It doesn't really matter what she collects, but she, you know, it's it's legit. I'm kind of interested. Is it weird stuff like no. sex toys or something? Goodness no. <laughs> what is it? Dolls. 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 Sex dolls. No. <laughs> no real what, dolls. What, like. I, I don't know. Cabbage Patch Kids? I, I didn't open it. Cabbage Patch Kids weren't dolls. They were soft, creepy, plushy. Creepy. Yeah, creepy. Creepy AF. <clears throat> no, these are, um, well, it came from a, a company called American Girl. Okay. Okay. But it's nothing wrong with that. But I'm, it's funny, it became a joke. You have to go back through these customs with this American doll. American box, a box, one of the boxes. American girl. Is about this long, about that height, and it says American girl. That is awkward. But they didn't look in the vehicle. I was totally, fully disclosing of, of all the value of everything. Oh, I would not do that. But there were, she actually had two boxes. One was, I think, one of the actual dolls, but the big box, I think, was a house or some sort of display case or something. I don't know. <laughs> it don't laugh. I'm not like... I'm not laughing at the fact that someone collects dolls and houses. I'm laughing at the fact that you had to go through customs 
with all of this stuff as a almost 60 year old man. I'm, I'm a friendly guy, but I was telling my work or, or my social buddies when I'm down there that I have to go back across the border with, with dolls or doll paraphernalia. And it says American girl on the box. <clears throat> and, uh, of course the, the, conversation turned to whether they're inflatable or not. Exactly, yes, the same same thought that I had. Because you're a pig. Oh, whatever. You're a pig. I don't know where you get that. I'm funny. <laughs> you're, you're funny, man. Anyway, all's well that ends well. I didn't get strip searched at the border, and uh, that would have been fine. I like I like There's things I won't bring across for people. I will not bring tobacco across for someone else. I would not do that either. Totally against it. Um, what liquor? Beer? Um well, I will occasionally if if I if I'm getting low and I don't drink hardly at all. So if I bring twenty four beer back, that's going to last me a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I, I think I have twenty one or twenty two in the fridge right now that I brought back in October. <laughs> They're probably not even good anymore. But it, it's so cheap; you can buy mm-hmm. twenty four beer for nineteen dollars or something. Why wouldn't you? <clears throat> anyway, um, I I don't need any liquor, but. We have a friend who likes a certain brand, and mm-hmm. it's hard to get up here unless you consign your car and your firstborn child to to the liquor store. To, to, so they'll give you a bottle because mm-hmm. it's so expensive. But down there at the New Hampshire liquor store on the tra- traffic circle in Port, Portsmouth, uh, brand new and improved, by the way, uh, go in there and get it for a pretty good price. So I got I got a bottle for a friend. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. Yes. Here, um, I don't drink, so I've, that's not where my money goes. But I, I have obviously friends that drink, and it's you know, if you want to buy some beer up here, it's mm. stupid expensive. So I'll go for that if you plan on visiting. Yeah, it's like two dollars or more for a beer, and that's not even in the you know if you go to a a bar and get a beer, it's oh, at least it's, five or six. Yeah, it's like five or six bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And that's just for ordinary Milwaukee or Colorado-based beer. This is not. You know, your fancy stuff, mm. your Corona or your Heineken. So your next trip is in October. My next trip down there will be in October, good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Uh, hope to go down there then again. It was great. It was great. So you haven't mentioned your shirt yet. Oh, yeah. should get that out of the way so people can read I don't know if you guys can see it. You probably can. It says, may the, <laughs> may the Morse be with you. May the Morse be with you. So um, you want to tell? Well, yesterday was May the 4th. Yes. May the 4th be with you. That's commonly said uh, this weekend. Um, and I found this T-shirt on, di- on f- display and for sale down at the uh, Ham Radio Flea Market that I was at. Mm-hmm. So may the Morris be with you. So for the people who don't know what that is, explain. Well, this thing at the bottom is a Morse code key. That should... For people who don't know what Morse code is... Morse code is the first form of digital communication where back in the days when radio and telegraph couldn't transmit people's voices, they did texting. Yeah, Essentially, they did texting. And the text characters, the A, B, C, D, were sent via Morse code. Dots and dashes. Dots and dashes. And it was received at the other end, and somebody would transcribe the message, and there's the text. Yeah, so each letter, like, what's A? Da-da, dot dash. Yeah, so, like, you... I don't know if you do, like, you know Morse code, so... You can just you just know it in your head, but there's like maps that has A and then it tells you what it is, so people receiving it can like look and and see like that's what I would have to do because yeah. I don't know that, but 
Yeah. So it's, it's a cool. It's a cool language. Yeah. It's cool. We say dots and dits instead of dashes, dots and dashes. But my name is da did it da da did it da did da, and yours is da did it did it da did it. So there you go. And post to post would be da da did da 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 did it it da. Da 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 da. There you go. Using the two, you learn something new every day. You just, you just never know. So that is a pretty nerdy shirt. It's very nerdy. In fact, I have a button. I can, I'll wear it sometimes. Says, "Talk nerdy to me." Oh snap! Yeah, talk nerdy to me. Do you know what's more nerdy than Star Wars? What? Morse code. I resemble that remark. It's it's almost a compliment. The fact that you've combined an extremely nerdy thing with an even more nerdy thing to make were, something funny about it. There were so many shirts I could have bought because <laughs> <laughs> the, the lady who had them for sale, there were some great creative ideas. One was spelled out in Morse code, a phrase. Oh, this is the one you told me about earlier? The last word is happens. The first word is Beep. poop. Boop. But the other, happens. the other one. Yeah. Did it, did it, did it, did it, da. Did you just swear more? I just said it. Dang. Starting to smell in here. YouTube better not demonetize us for that. It just happened. Oh, wait. Oh, oh. That was a low blow. It was. Final thing. Yeah, go for it. A couple of weeks ago, I said a great song to play in the arena was by Arrested Development called Inflatable People. And I had that wrong. Someone caught that. Thank you for the comments. Um, it was Lucas, not Arrested Development. The song was correct, though. Inflatable People by Lucas. And everything else still applies. But I, right. got, I got the... Uh, and you did play me that song. I did. And I did agree with it. I think it probably would be a pretty good song for an intro. Um, yeah. Well, something we didn't do is, because that brought on the conversation about Marilyn Manson and the song Beautiful People. All right. Did you get a chance to listen to that? No. Okay. Well, I know what we're doing right after this podcast. Guess what? So. <laughs> uh, do you have any, anything else? I'm good. Thanks, All right. No, awesome. So thanks for joining me. I appreciate that. Thanks, guys, for listening in. Uh, I guess it was a fair amount of talk, hockey talk, but not a lot of variety, I guess, just talking about second round. So uh, thank you for listening and watching, uh, regardless of how you consume our content. We really appreciate that. We've got a mail time coming this week. Uh, we've got the series recap coming this week on mm-hmm. Carolina and the Islanders and possibly more series recaps because there could be games ending as soon as tonight. Mm. So enjoy that game tonight. I hope you're watching it and we will see you in the next video. Adios. <laughs>